Winter 2003, Disneyland, California. I'm like 11 or 10, or 10 or 11, I don't know. I just want to take pictures with Cinderella, Aladdin, Snow White, all the characters. Instead, I'm waiting in line for Space Mountain with my family. This would be my first ever roller coaster ride. We get closer to the ride, and my body just starts to stiffen. My armpits start sweating like crazy, and I am scared shit. <laughs> my dad really wanted us to experience this. Not like he's obsessed with roller coasters or anything. I actually kind of remember him looking stressed out. It felt like he needed us to have this experience, like we would know more about life or something after. He's my dad, so I didn't want to disappoint him. Once we get on the ride, I struggle to breathe. My heart drops to my stomach during every jerk, pull, and tear through the dark. By the time it's over, I haven't grasped what was supposed to be fun about this. We walk out of the ride line, and I have my first ever panic attack. That fear in line, the discomfort, all of it kind of comes down to one thing. I didn't want to disappoint my dad. I was so worried about it. I wonder if that was part of what scared me so much. I'm Misha Youssef. This is Tell Them I Am. Today's story is from Dina Hagog about her dad's capacity for discomfort. So I was in my senior year in college, and I ran a DIY art space with a close friend and a colleague, and my parents have, like, more or less fully given up on me. They just didn't agree, I think, at the time with how I was living my life at large. For my family people were in the sciences. They were either engineers or doctors. If you really couldn't pull off being an engineer or a doctor, you became a lawyer or an accountant. And my parents, till this day, I think, think I'm an interior decorator. And at the time, they were like, oh, you're going into art to be an interior decorator. And and I was like, what? And they were like, or like an architect, because they were still seeing it from the lens of like science and engineering. And I was like, no, I'm going to go into art. And they were like, so you'll make art, which like really broke their hearts. And I was like, no, I'm not actually talented enough to make any art. They were not very thrilled. The context of this also matters a little bit. My father's one of nine, and he's the eldest and the only one at the time who had immigrated. And so we were like the American family. And I'm his eldest child. And so I think in their brain, like everyone has so much regard for my father as being like the eldest son of this very tight-knit family. And I'm his eldest kid, the first one to really professionalize in the United States. And I think nobody could believe, like, the choice I was making. So they were just so worried. And I think that that concern manifested in just silence. Like, we just didn't talk very much. At this point, I am not living with them. And we don't see or speak to each other. And my father volunteers to come have dinner and talk out, like, this very strange relationship that we have. 
And I use that as an opportunity to say, like, well, while you're here, you know, there's a performance happening in Newark, New Jersey at a local art space I really love. I just want you to get a sense of what this feels like. Like, I think you'll actually really enjoy it. And I do not do diligent enough research to understand the context of this performance. And I take my relatively conservative Muslim father thinking this would be the thing that at least got him to get a sense of the community I was in. So dinner ends, and now I get in my father's minivan, and we drive like five minutes to this DIY space. It was up a flight of stairs, and we get in, and it's really crowded. It was just like a big, open warehouse space. White walls, unfinished floors, and it's really hot. You know those, like, clip lights you buy at Home Depot and you just, like, screw a light bulb into them? There was, like, a ring of those, like, around where the performance was actually happening as a way to, like, light the performer. And I think, actually, those lights, in addition to how crowded it was, was what made the space so hot. Like, it was just, like, hot because these lights were, like, beating down on everybody. And I remember my father not taking his jacket off. He had, like, a beige jacket on. And I remember asking him a couple of times, like, do you want to take your coat off? And he was just like, no. And he didn't even seem really curious about what we were doing. Like, I think... And I, I remember, like, kind of, like, trying to move through people to get to the front, which also now I'm like, oh, my God, like, why? Like, I wanted to have the best view of this performance I could possibly have. And I walk my father to, like, the front of this crowd, where, again, he refuses to even take his jacket off. It's so hot in the space. And then begins, like, the next performance. Which was a young female-identified person who essentially came out, stripped down naked, and more or less, like, ejaculates herself. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at Elias.com slash sweeps. Um... I would have paid anything to just transport myself out of that place and into any other environment. Like, I got so flushed, and I just, like, stared. I would not—I don't think I moved. I don't even know if I breathed for the entire time that that thing was happening until it was over. Um, Mostly because, like, in my family, there's just bashfulness about a lot of things. Like, we were not a family that talked openly about, you know, bodies or sex or anything like that. And so I think in addition to, like, adding the art performative layer on top of it, there was already this, like, I still get awkward when, like, a sex scene happens in a movie in a living room with my parents, and I am, like, a grown woman, and that makes me awkward already. So I just remember literally not even, yeah. The performance ends, and my father is leaving. He doesn't say anything. At all. Like, he just kind of is like, okay, he claps. There's a respectful moment where everybody claps, and I remember my dad clapping. And then he looks at me, and he's like, I'm going to go home. And I was like, okay. 
And I have to like walk him through this crowd now. So now we're like trying to get back through this crowd. I like walk him outside. He hugs me. We didn't park that far away so I can watch him like walk to the minivan. He gets back in the car and I'll never forget that he like gets in the car and immediately takes his jacket off. And I'm just like, wow, yeah, you were hot as shit in there. You just didn't want to take it off. But he drives away and then we have never talked about it ever. My parents, like, their capacity for discomfort is so high. I think that's why, like, I can't forget the jacket thing. Like, this idea that you can be boiling hot in a place you don't want to be because your daughter has forced you to be here. Like, all of these things feel like they're just larger narratives about, like, immigrant experience in this country and, like, how uncomfortable so much of it is and how much they deal with it anyway. My parents are from Egypt, and... I have a very close relationship to that place. Like, we go frequently. My entire extended family still lives there. My parents spend nearly half the year there at this point. And the context of Egypt is, like, culture is just inside of you. Like, culture is a fundamental part of how people live their lives. Song, dance, food, sound, smells. I mean, Egypt, like, the country is a museum. Like, quite literally. Like, the way we think about its architecture and its statues and its artifacts like they're around us every day and so I think on one hand to tell my parents I'm going into the arts is so confusing because it's never been this professionalized thing I think back home where they're from and then on the other hand justifying why art matters is baffling to them because they're like well yeah like this literally everything down to our religion is in song like everything is a cultural touch point There was this humbling moment where I was like, oh my God, like all of the ways that I know about how to think and advocate and feel culture is a direct result of things like being Egyptian or being Muslim or being the daughter of first-generation immigrants. Like it all came from this space. But I, I didn't know that when I was in like art school. Like I kept thinking I was also departing from them to learn like a westernized canon and tradition. Then it took me a minute to realize the western tradition isn't working. It's the Eastern one that does. It's the Eastern one that doesn't have people tripping up over, like, why does culture matter? The Eastern one is able to give their kids the memories they need to actually pass on cultural heritage. Like, those are all things that exist there perfectly fine and entirely intact. It's the West that needs the healing. So I feel a debt to my parents. I feel a debt for instilling this thing in me. I feel grateful for, like, the lottery I won. You can learn more about Dina Hagog and United States artists on dhagog.com. Thanks so much for listening to Tell Them I Am. I'm Misha Youssef. This episode of Tell Them I Am was sound designed by James Kim and written by James Kim and me. Mary Knopf is my producer, and don't tell James Kim, but she is a way better guitar player than him. Arwen Nix is the podcast boss here at KPCC. She's also our editor. Valentino Rivera and Sean Corey Campbell are our amazing engineers. They also have a little bit of a habit of falling in love with all of our guests. Our beautiful music is by David Leinard. 
Our amazing designer is Stephanie Kraft. You can find incredible illustrations of all of our guests as the episodes release. Thanks to Emma and Ahmed for those. You should really see them. Just go to kpcc.org slash tell them or follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Misha Youssef. And if you noticed, a lot of these credits, people are playing multiple roles. So if you want each of us to have just one job at a time, go to kpccpodcast.org, donate $35 and get a super cool Tell Them I Am t-shirt. And if you donate more than $35, maybe we'll get an intern. We'll be back tomorrow with a story that you won't want to miss. 